Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fox. Right up front. Younger finish side of the net. Now in. And a very good Tuesday to you. What a crazy, busy sports day and evening coming your way. Major League Baseball playoffs as we speak. The Houston Astros about ready to put the Chicago White Sox away. Well, at least one of us hopes that that is the case. Giants Dodgers tonight could be a a serious clincher if the Giants win tonight. And, of course, the same thing goes with the Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. So plenty of Major League Baseball on tap. We've got it all covered here for you today. Steve Sachs will join us a little bit later on this hour. We talked to Saxy, the two-time World Series champ, and, of course, the five-time All-Star. We'll get his thoughts about all of these series. We'll keep you updated on everything, two games going on as we speak. And then we know what's happening tonight. Vegas Golden Knights season opener. Yes, it is here. Hockey season is back officially. And the Golden Knights taking on the new (laughs) Seattle Kraken. So we'll be at a T-Mobile Arena tonight. Look forward to that. Brian Blessing, of course, does the fantastic job right before us. Vegas uh, Hockey Hotline, Sportsbook Radio, everything, um, you know, in, in between, nationally, locally. My guy is here. He's going to hang with us as we talk a little VGK opening night. What's well, up, Brian? Some of us are hoping for, no matter who does it, two more runs in the White Sox game. Oh, you have the over, in other words. Yes. No, it's okay. Eight I, and a half. I, 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 I got six, faith. Six-one in, in the six. I got, I got a shot. You know what? The, uh, the Astros are doing their part. Okay. Yes, they are. So, so, so do not blame the Astros. You know, it's that, buzzers or no buzzers. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Aram is going to join us a little bit later on today as well, too. We will recap one of the wildest, uh, craziest, and really one of the best heavyweight fights we've seen in a long, long time. Fury nuts, Wilder. Huh? It was great. It was great. And talk about the electricity in that building uh, at T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night was fantastic. So we'll recap that with Bob. And, of course, a look ahead as well to uh, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. That's coming up here November 20th, so a lot on the table. Sam Gordon's going to join us a little bit later as well, too, as we recap everything again and give you updates with John Gruden and the Raiders fiasco. The thing that's unbelievable about a fight night, and it's hard to explain to people, and uh, there used to be big fight nights in Buffalo in when you're sitting ringside, or ringside and at the Garden Arena. The, the, of all the things I've been to, I thought you were talking about the streets of Buffalo. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's too cold. You hurt your knuckles. That's true. The loudest, two loudest things I've ever been to, shockingly, was one, the Breeders' Cup. Oh, yeah. When Zenyatta came from last to first, the I mean, the it shook. The, the place shook for three minutes. It was the loudest. The loudest. A close second. Was it... Was it Marquez that knocked out Pacquiao? Yes. And put him in the ambulance? Yes. 
And I happened to be, for that fight, I had been doing some fights for top rank and actually ended up sitting, I was in Marquez's corner, sitting in the seat in the front row. And when that punch landed, I'm telling you, the roof almost came off the place. It's amazing how the buzz, the, the boxing, when it's right. Yeah. When when it's when it's a special thing, the the noise and the atmosphere in a building. You know, and I say this all the time. I think I even alluded to it yesterday. You know, for me, and you can relate to this because you just touched on it. To me, there is nothing more exciting when you have the anticipation. It doesn't matter which weight it is, but a world championship fight inside a packed arena with that ring walk, and that is electricity at its finest because you have the anticipation and you've got the crowd on their feet, especially if you've got like, uh, you know, the crowd behind one certain guy. And to me, that is bigger than any other beginning of any other sporting event that I can, that I've either Mm. been to or that I can think of, but that, you know, the, the ring walk and before or after the referee gives those final instructions, they go back to their corner and touch them up. That that's electricity. And lessons learned. I learned the hard way. Don't wear a white tuxedo (laughs) and sit in the front row. Uh, We were doing a a TV special. It was Livingstone, Bramble, and Boom Boom Mancini. And I returned the white tuxedo uh, to the tuxedo rental joint going, do you think those bloodstains will come out? (laughs) It was unbelievable. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because I mean you've been here a, a long time, but my first stint when I when I came back here where I was here, uh, in this covering box, it was 1992, and our, our good friend who you know Lee Samuels from Top Rank Box Boxing. Mm-hmm. So Lee was a was a listener, and he says, "Hey, I want to invite you to the fights." And I just got to Vegas, and I said, "Okay." And they were having the fights at the Hacienda. It was one of those, you know, you know, local smaller thing. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. And he put me right where you just said in in the front row, basically next to the timekeeper. You cannot describe, yeah. honestly. You and cannot, I got blood all over me. You cannot describe to people that have gone to fights for years yeah. and they sit in the stands. Or, yeah, the sound. It's it, it's. It, it's like a baseball bat hitting a slab of beef. <laughs> no, the sound is unbelievable. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, we're going to have some noise tonight at T-Mobile Arena, as you know, with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, facing it off for the first time here tonight in the regular season against the Seattle Kraken. I don't. It's it's here, Brian, already, and I know that you basically cover it and you talk about it daily, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It's like, thank God, players on frozen water. Right. How this guy talks about hockey in the middle of June, July, and August is beyond me. But, I should. You should. But, but he doesn't. Sh- we should. I mean, you know, take a break or something. I mean, right. But we don't. Yeah. And, and but the funny thing is, there is a ton of stuff. And in the NHL, the turnover in rosters, and you know, it's I was I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Going, this is going to be torture, and it's not. Right. We, we get through it, but now, now it's heaven on earth because there there's honest to god games and numbers and players to evaluate. So tonight will be fun, interesting. Seattle comes in five guys on COVID for them, so I still think they they show up, and those are like three of three or four of them are their quote-unquote better players but they're very much like Vegas was in that 
all these guys are for the most part journeymen, right? You know, and some of them will take the next step, some will flail away, some will get moved for assets at the deadline. I think I think it'll be a really fun atmosphere tonight. I I think the the buzz, generally speaking, Seattle is going to be, I would think, a dull team to watch, but interesting. I mean, it doesn't mean I think that they're very good on the blue line, good goaltender. And they're going to play a dump-and-chase game, keep it low-scoring, hang around. That's going to be their mantra, I believe. I just think the buzz in the building on opening night, and you're not up to speed yet, and it's not physical. I think it'll be a lot of open ice. I, I you know, Everybody's thinking it's going to be low-scoring. There's pressure on Leonard. Let's cut to the chase. I mean, I think, he, I think he's going to be fine, but there are going to be butterflies for all of them. And I think maybe Seattle could get sucked into playing Vegas' game a little bit. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a fun game. And the bar has been set high by the Golden Knights for an expansion team. Mm-hmm. So there, I'm not saying there are expectations with, with the Kraken. That ship but, has sailed, bud. But right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, they're a hockey team. This is no longer, you know, uh, a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And you're graded on at the end of the year. Did you win the whole thing? I mean, that's where they are. Right. And you know, be entertained, have fun during the regular season, get in, and have your shot to make a run. And usually they're always in on the big fish. Now you got Alex Tuck not there at the beginning. Sometimes they can't help themselves, but they could also look at it. Here we go. We're in the Pacific Division. We're going to rack up points. And they could almost view Alex Tuck as their trade deadline acquisition. The question is, I always get this question. I'm sure you do too. Is, are they better with the moves they made? And I go, I don't know. They're different. But are they better? I don't know. The the one, you know, the goalie thing is going to be fun to watch. I think Brassois is going to be fine. I think, I really do. I think Leonard will lug the mail perfectly fine. It still comes down to this team has a penchant for the offense drying up as a collective for stretches of time. And you do that after April, you're golfing. Mm-hmm. Right. So going back to the Seattle situation, we go back, we flash back, you know, four-plus years. We go back to 2017 here. You know, the Golden Knights had Marc-Andre Fleury, so you knew that. That was a household name. That was a commodity, and many people thought he was going to be the face of the franchise for a long time. You could say, I will say one thing Francis did do. They've got Grubauer. Okay, so and Grubauer was a Vesna final, so he got a goalie. So that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. So with Seattle... As they constructed this team, and I guess I was going to say also, we really had no idea what the Golden Knights were going to look like with those misfits on ice. And again, it was the honeymoon period and all that, and people were just glad to be in a building. And next thing you know, they they enjoyed themselves. They started winning, and next thing you know, here comes chemistry, and the rest is history. Does does Seattle have the parts? to maybe make that surprise? Because I see some uh, prognosticators that are picking them in the top half of the Pacific Division could maybe finish as high as third. I don't see it. And the one thing, and I'm staring at them on cap friendly here, Vegas the first year, nobody talked about this in the first year. When they put the group together, we're sitting there going, okay, I mean, a bunch of names, a bunch of hockey guys, 
And the master plan was get to the trade deadline, move Neil, move Perron, move move the UFA guys, get assets, accrue assets, and you're really building towards the future and get the pieces of the puzzle you want. You know, that turned into a gong show. After 10 games, it completely changed, going, my God, this is ridiculous. And the beauty of what, to get back to your question, the beauty of what Vegas did, and to this day, no one's ever asked the question, and I remember saying it the first year, and no one had been talking about it. And if they did indeed do this, they were Einstein, McPhee, and McCrimmon. If it was by design, but it happened to be 14 of those guys in the first year were either restricted free agents or UFAs. They were mercenaries. 14 of those guys were in a contract year. They were playing for dough. Now, I'm looking at Seattle. On the Up front, they've got six RFAs, and on the blue line, Mark Giordano's 38 years old, he's a UFA, and they named him the first captain, which honestly, he's a really you know great guy, incredible player. They did it. I personally wouldn't have given him the C. I mean, no knock on him. He's a leader. But a, a captaincy is not something to cavalierly throw around. It's a guy who should be the face of the franchise. Right. Vegas waited, maybe waited too long. But but Stone, look how Stone responded to being a captain. Giordano is going to be that guy anyway. And I just I don't think you cavalierly throw the C around. But I, I look at them and I think they're going to be more than serviceable. I think the strength is the blue line with Giordano, Adam Larson, Dunn. Uh, I think Borgen is going to be a pleasant surprise for them. So I, th- I think their defense is good and their goaltending should be good. So they'll be in a lot of games. But big picture, TC, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. I think this is, put it this way, the way the league sets it up, you're you're not going to be like the New York Titans. You know, you're not going to be this disastrous right. Yeah, train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, they're, they're going to be competitive. You're be a ten or fifteen win season. Uh, yeah. It's not an eighty. Yeah, it's right. not an eighty by point team. Right. I don't see that. Right. I think there's a. I think people are almost giving them the benefit of the doubt because what Vegas did and Vegas was Haley's comet. I, I think it's an overreaction. Right. All right. So back to the Golden Knights. What kind of VGK team do you think we are going to see this year? Now, obviously, it starts. With Flurry being gone, Leonard stepping in, and you know that's another question, another topic by itself. I mean, wow, this guy is stepping in, and I don't see Robin Leonard being a crowd favorite, especially considering, you know, coming in replacing Fury uh, Flurry, and then the way he's gone about it, and then some of the off the ice stuff that that he's been dealing with, and, and fans don't seem to be, you know. Wanting to hug this guy, that, so that hit, hit both be, of those things. Th- that I think you nailed it is going to be one of the most interesting aspects of watching these guys. They're in the Pacific Division. Right. I mean, it's the weak division. They're gonna, you know, and nothing's changed from last year with that, right? No, yeah. they're gonna watch out for Vancouver. I'll say that, but they're gonna rack up points and everything. You know, everything's gonna be perfectly fine. But how do and I, I don't know. And how will he react? But how will the fans treat Leonard? If he lets in a couple of goals, 
is is there like a short leash for this guy and is he being held to it's never easy being the guy that follows the guy in right. any walk of life any walk you know, of life I mean, any sport i mean yeah. look at your show i don't know how the hell you do it every day following me <laughs> exactly no <laughs> smoking mirrors man <laughs> no but you know what i mean i mean and i but i'm just wondering if he has an off night or two are the fans do they hold him to an unfair standard or do they wrap their arms around him? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that is the... But he the almost big... has this me against the world. Right, which doesn't play well with fans. But it kind of motivates him. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I guess, you know. And again, it's not like, okay, you have this one in 1A situation that you've had for the past couple seasons where if one of those guys get injured, you you know, and, or, or uh, a guy has a bad first, second period or a bad couple games in a row where you can go to that. Now you're going to relative unknowns behind, even though well, those guys will be you know, are probably okay, but they're not what fans are used to. That's true. But the funny thing is, and I, I to this day do it, whenever we bring up that first year, and I always make a point, he says, two words, don't ever forget these two words. Max Lagasse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Flurry had a concussion. Yeah. And that season could have gone right off a cliff, and this unknown guy shows up in 14 games and played 500 hockey and held down the fort because Subban got hurt, Dance got hurt, Max Lagasse plays 14 games, keeps him breathing, Flurry comes back. So it can be done. I mean, Bennington comes out of nowhere and wins a cup for the Blues. Brassois is fine. He's a, he's a very serviceable, quality NHL goaltender. Big picture, it's what does Leonard do? Does he take the mail? Does he lug the mail? All right. What happens tonight? I'm going against the grain. I think a lot, I, I do believe Seattle is a dump and chase team wants to play low scoring games. You've been down there. There's something about an opening night buzz where I mean you could see three and, and Vegas has not been lighting the lamp with any kind of consistency in the preseason. I just think it's one of these things where Everybody's going 100 miles an hour. Plus, they don't know each other. They don't hate each other. I don't think it's a physical game. I think there'll be a lot of open ice. Uh, I liked uh, over one and a half in the first period at a plus price. The total's five and a half. And I get a funny feeling it's uh, it could be on the higher scoring side, which is saying something because you got Leonard and Grubauer. I mean, you have two terrific goaltenders, but I, I think they got to get up to speed. I just think the buzz in the building, I think Vegas kind of attacks, and Seattle gets sucked into it. Seattle gets some chances in transition. And Seattle's power play was actually pretty good in the preseason. So I'm, I'm going against the green thing. It's a little bit higher scoring. I mean, you got you would have to go with Vegas. I'm not saying anything. Would it shock me if, you know. It, I think it's correlated. Put it this way. Mm-hmm. Seattle wins. I think Seattle wins like a 2-1 game. But I think I think we see goals surprisingly tonight. Right. And the Golden Knights—it's no surprise—an uh, inflated line again, especially with an expansion Insane. team minus two sixty. But we're, we 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 see these type of lines with anyone in the Pacific Division. We saw it last well, year, and uh, but with the Kraken, a lot of people are going to think, "Oh, expansion team—it's easy. Lay the goal and the puck and a half. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and lay it." Yeah. Right? Well, 
The one thing I'll say, I mean, I've said it since the day I moved here in 2005, hockey is the best sport to bet. And the odds makers do incredible work on all kinds of stuff. And I don't know if it's, it's market numbers or whatever, but uh, the percentage of the money that's wagered on hockey is not that big. Right. So I'm not saying they ignore it. But, like, Colorado is playing Chicago tomorrow. Now, before the McKinnon has COVID, is going to miss the game tomorrow, and he's about a 30-cent player. Colorado's minus 240. Chicago had the best offseason of anybody in the NHL. They get Seth Jones, Flurry lands in their lap, and there's a chance Taves ends up coming back. And I love Colorado, but they made Colorado minus 240. Like, that number is stupid. Basically, that's, well, Colorado won the President's Trophy last year, and in, in right. Chicago was this. I'm like, that's a last-year number. Yeah. That's the beauty of betting hockey, that, that you true. find real chinks in the numbers. Well, you find the, the chinks because it, it kind of does get buried with all these other sports, and you don't have the most knowledgeable people making the line. And I noticed that firsthand with the WNBA. A lot of people just disregard the WNBA, and there are some some really mismanaged lines there. Uh, yeah, because the the limits are lower right, and, and not a boatload of those being bet on it. Exactly. That doesn't mean right. the individual can't be very successful Absolutely. at it. And when yeah. you're talking about hockey being one of the best sports to bet, I take it and use that that example with the Blackhawks in, in Colorado. It's tomorrow. a bad number. It's, it's, so you're take, it, well, my point is, is that it's great value when you're betting the underdog. And is that why you're saying that hockey yeah, is I'm, the best? Because you can really get some great live dogs it's a at bad, good prices. Yes, it's a bad number. I'm not, I'm not betting it. But it's a bad number. Yeah. It's just it's way, saying, it's yeah. way too high. So I want to see very quickly the number is going to change. The one team I'll tell you I am taking a shot with, because I believe Vancouver is going to be, they get a complete pass for last year. Complete and utter pass. They had a massive COVID outbreak. They were in the Canadian division. And they every other team in the league had a one-hour hop here and there to play their games. They had to fly cross-country all year long up in Canada. They got the absolute worst of it, like no other team did in the league. And now they get Oliver ekman Larson from uh, Arizona, along with Garland. Great young players, and they get Yaroslav Halak. They got two one number ones, Demko and Halak as goalies. Watch out. Everybody thinks it's Vegas and Edmonton. I'm telling you, Vancouver is the danger, the threat to Vegas. All right. What's the price there on Vancouver for if you want a future in Over Vancouver? Over 90 and a half points. Yeah. Is the, that's, that's the play, okay. I think. Right. All right, final thing before uh, I'll let you go and we get ready for tonight. Remember, T-Mobile Arena, it is the Golden Knights taking on the Kraken. Uh, a little bit after 7 o'clock is face-off tonight. Had you ever heard of a Kraken before? Never, never. No, and, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, you had. Yeah. Justin, the producer, well, yeah, had. Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. But again, Was that like a comic book thing or something? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm like, what is it? I, never, I understand it. Yeah, it's it's some sub-creature well, from a, it's a, some ultra-terrain cartoon it's land. A, it's I have an no idea. octopus with power. Yeah, so, something like that. But <laughs> Oh, t- my you apologies. Got hot, you got the hotline going No. Ten, Somebody from the Kraken calling? Ten demerits. Yeah, ten. <laughs> ten demerits. The radio guy had the ring around. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, th- I apologize. Yeah. I've trained myself now. I can't tell you how many important phone calls I miss as soon as I get off the air because you have the phone off. Right. So now I'm like, when the, I play the last commercial, I'm like, put you, the phone put on. on so you, I, yeah. I apologize. Uh, don't worry about it. Anyway, where was I going with this? I was going to, oh, anyway, uh, back to um, fans' expectations. Okay. Now, as we know, the last two seasons have ended prematurely for a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans. Thought they would go a lot further than they did. And now you. You get the situation where Flurry's gone, Leonard's in, 
you got a majority of your team coming back. And I know that we talked at the end of last season, say, hey, they're going to be fine. That's fine. But the fans got spoiled, and like we talked about it, from that opening season. And the last two seasons, they expected them to go further. What are the fans' expectations for this team? And, and what do you think this buzz is as we head into the opener tonight? Long pause there. That's a That's gr- not, that is not no, dead air. That's a great question in that I think there's these guys are very, 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 very good. I think there's an overinflated opinion of them. Are they in the discussion? The answer is yes, to, to win the cup. They're almost treated like, you know, like they've already won it. And they've been there. TC, don't forget, I I say this every year, the first round in the playoffs is the hardest one to win. Everybody's healthy and fresh. What would this summer and what would those questions have been this morning if Minnesota would have won game seven? Vegas was life and death to get by yeah. Minnesota. Yes, they were. And they blew it against Montreal. Yes. I think they had a horrible game plan. Fleury made the big mistake. Leonard stole a game in Montreal. Then they came home and they went back to Fleury. It's like Leonard was in their head, come back with Leonard. You know, but the margin for error to win the whole thing is so thin. You know, they're going to be, they're in the Pacific Division. They're very good. They're going to be very good again. And we'll see if they do anything at the deadline. But, it's so early, and right. it's an 82-game thing. And honestly, like anybody, who do you bet to win a Stanley Cup? You're out of your mind <laughs> if you bet anything before the trade deadline. Right. I want to know how. what is the team you're actually going to the postseason with. They're going to be great. I mean, they're going to rack up. They're going to be in the mid I mean, I, unless there should be an investigation. I mean, in the Pacific Division, they should be in the high 90s again. They should win the division. Real quick. Concerned about the offense because that yes. is that is that has been the deal. Yes, uh, and it's no knock on any of these guys. The power play was a travesty at the end of last year. Power plays that happens. It was awful, mm. but power plays are very streaky by nature. But it, the one thing is, for whatever reason, their top six tends to, you know, go out in the desert together at the same time, and it will happen at some point during the season. Max Pacioretty is like the guy that puts the puck on the net. To me, I, he's not like a, this. I don't think of him as this sniper. He he's a terrific. I mean, he would be what an incredible second line player he would be. I mean, he, the kind of guy who would put you over the top. They're counting on Max Pacioretty to put the puck in the net. He did last year, hmm. you know, and a lot of that stuff was in overtime. I. I'm not holding them to any like unfair standard. I just the offense scares me. I mean, William Carlson, 43 goals the first year. We all knew he's not a 43 right. goal scorer. That's why the first year was such an anomaly. Right. All right. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. All right. Look forward to seeing you tonight, my friend. It's good to right. see you. How's it? Hey, God bless. We love ballpark. Yes. Just got the news right before we went on the air today. Breaking news. Ballpark Say Frank's it. going home today. He's home? He's going home today. All right. Right now, he's packing up his stuff. Is he really? He's packing up his Coca-Colas and the Gatorades and you, his Cheez-Its that people have been bringing I, him. I've I've talked to him many times on the phone. I've not gone down there. And I will just say, as much as I love Ballpark Frank, when he had his car accident, yeah. I went to the hospital to see him in the hospital when he had the car accident. And I saw Frank wearing the 
The gown, oh, yeah, the gown the, with uh, no back? Yes. I'm not visiting Ballpark Frank this time. I, I did it yesterday. <laughs> Luckily, he was he was he was sitting in a chair and he didn't get up. Oh my! While God. I was visiting, yeah, I, I, same thing. And I said that to him weeks ago. I said, you know, you're going for your walks and this and that. And I said, I don't need to see yeah. you while you're walking. Yeah. I don't need that vision. Yeah, I I did. I mean, uh, you know, I went and had. Well, I had three LASIK surgeries after that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, so before I left yesterday to go see him, right? I, I think that's why he's getting out of the hospital because of my uh, my energetic visit with him yesterday. It's the only thing I can. You're the healer, and, the faith I, healer. I, 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 yeah, maybe. And, and, and some great wrestling talk that we had yesterday with one of his uh, nurses who was a big wrestling guy, and, and it turned into wrestling talk, and uh, everyone was uh, you know invig- invigorated. But anyway, before I, I left, he says, "Well, he goes." Why don't you open that bathroom door there and go take a peek in the shower? And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, why are we going here with this? He goes, so you can see how much hair that I've lost for my chemotherapy. He goes, it looks like a small animal in there. I go, I'll pass. He goes, no, take a look at it. I said, no, I'll pass. I'll see you when you get back home. Hasta la vista. I what, wasn't going to go look at that. Yeah, but what he wasn't telling you, it was the hair off his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love you, Frank. Be be it be it may or not, I'm not looking at it, it, any 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 hair. I don't want to see uh, it. That's great news. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Yeah. So I uh, just got the the word uh, right before we came on the air today. So there you go. So ballpark Frank going home, which means hopefully he'll be back in that seat here very very soon. Hopefully. Cool, man. We love you, bud. All right. Take care, Brian. We'll see. you All right, tonight. TC. Great good to stuff, see you, buddy. Man. All right, pal. Brian Blessing. He's here, of course, every day between twelve and two. Precedes us. Vegas Hockey Hotline, Sportsbook Radio, great stuff. Uh, Keep listening to him. All right, when we come back, Major League Baseball will get you an update on Astros and White Sox. Steve Sachs joins us next. Around your door and more of what you're looking for with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Major League Baseball playoffs. You got to love this time of year. I mean, just fantastic time of year. I mean, we are, you know, completed five weeks of NFL action, six weeks of college football. We could start now talking about college football playoffs. Still a little premature, but, you know, almost half of the college football season's over. You've got basically a third, uh, well, fourth of the NFL season over. But then Major League Baseball right now is fantastic because we're smack dab in the middle of the division series. And uh, we'll get you caught up to date on what's happening right now. We are in the top of the eighth, game number four between the Astros and the White Sox. And it has been Houston all day today. And they lead the White Sox 6-1 to one in the top of the eighth inning. The Astros have banged out 10 hits. And uh, like I said, they got uh, two runs in the third. Three runs in the fourth, tacked another one on in the sixth, 6 1. So the Houston Astros are now six outs away from advancing to the American League Championship Series, which is really good news for me because I will be there. All right. So uh, with Boston defeating the uh, Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, uh, now we'll give the Astros the home field advantage in the ALCS, meaning the Astros will be hosting games 1, 2, and then 6 and 7 if necessary. So um, if that is the case, um, I will be missing Friday's show at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. (laughs) 
But that's okay. We'll we'll line it up with uh, C win. You know, I, I'm signaling to the right hander, and who knows? Maybe even Ballpark Frank might be available, right, to come in. So we'll see uh, about that as well, too. So, uh, at any rate, uh, yes, of course, our Friday home, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Uh, come on out and enjoy the show, whether I'm there or not. But uh, do not want to get ahead of myself here. But uh, again, even if the White Sox come back and win this game, then a game five would take place tomorrow in Houston. And then the winner would face the Boston Red Sox. All right, speaking of the Boston Red Sox, this is a team that got beat in game number one against the Tampa Bay Rays. And a lot of people, didn't, including myself, didn't give the wild card Red Sox much of a shot at all. But, man, did they turn things around starting in game two when they pounced on the Rays for 20 hits. Uh, insane with a barrage of home runs. And so they tied the the series up one game apiece. They got to have games three and four at Fenway Park. And, man, Fenway Park was rocking in those games. And uh, the Red Sox got the job done in game three. They had the clincher last night. And uh, even though the Red Sox jumped out to a 5 nothing lead, looked like this thing was going to be over, here come the race. And they fought back. They battled back to tie this thing up at five apiece. And then the Red Sox... Won it later on, and uh, Champagne in the clubhouse at Fenway Park. And yes, to a surprise to many, that the Boston Red Sox are on their way to the American League Championship Series in a very streaky season. And when you look at the AL East, much like the National League East as well, too, we, we looked at both of the Easts and we said, yeah, I mean, especially in the National League, where you had the Braves, you had the Phillies, and then you had the Mets, and the Mets fell off like they normally do. The Phillies just really never took hold of that division, despite having Bryce Harper, Joe Girardi signing you know, uh, you know, know, two years ago. And it was Atlanta's division basically to win from the beginning, but Atlanta really didn't do anything uh, that blew you away uh, in that. But now they look like they're on the verge of disposing of the Milwaukee Brewers. But over... With the Red Sox in the AL East. You had the Red Sox, you had the Yankees, you had the Rays, and you had the Blue Jays. And for the most part of the season, it was all about the Rays. And then the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays were battling for the wild card. And deservedly so. If those teams were in any other division, you might make a case that they could be a division winner. Uh, you know, maybe especially in the in the central. But uh and no one expected. I didn't expect the Red Sox to do what they did to Tampa, but they are in the ALCS as we speak. All right. And if Houston can hang on, there it is. Game one will be Friday in Houston. Looking forward to being there for that. All right. Let's go talk to our guy. The two-time World Series champ knows a thing or two about the postseason play, the five-time All-Star. And, of course, Sachs in the morning, his fantastic worldwide podcast. Steve Sachs, what's going on, my friend? How are you, CC? I'm good, man. What's happening? I'm just uh, just getting ready for this big uh, uh, Dodger game tonight coming up. Um, great game yesterday. Well pitched contest. Uh, just uh, no offense, really, or no uh, no luck, I should say. The Dodgers pounded the baseball several times, only to be caught by the defense 
and some games go that way. Yeah, and I, and I do want to touch on you in that, but uh, just as I was talking about the uh, situation with the Red Sox uh, beating the Rays and the Astros on the verge of beating the White Sox, uh, give me some thoughts. Uh, I really did not see uh, the Red Sox getting to this point, and I know we've talked about this division in, in length in the past. Uh, give me your thoughts on what you saw from the Red Sox and coming back and winning three in a row from the Rays. Well, that was the last uh, team I thought out of that pack that you had mentioned, including Toronto, that would be uh, the one that would be able to, you know, uh, rise up and win that thing. But it looks like they're going to, uh, you know, it looks like they've got a, a good opportunity now to uh, to take this thing on to the next step. And and uh, who knows? I mean, they pound the baseball. They hit a lot of balls deep. Um, it's not about pitching for the Red Sox. They'd be glad to win games 11-9. to 9, But they are pitching better. Than, uh, than I thought they would. And so they're hot at the right time, and that's what happens when you get into postseason. You get hot at the right time, you can win it. You know, Chris Sale's making a lot of money, and I know that a lot of people still think that Chris Sale is the old Chris Sale of old that we used to see with the White Sox. Uh, what, what, what is the deal with, with Sale, and what do you think his role is in the postseason here or coming up in the ALCS? Well, they're going to they're gonna count on to, uh, to be a, a driving force as far as you know, one of those, uh, I think they're going to be the top starter. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that's come back really quickly from Tommy John surgery. Usually Tommy John, uh, you know, people that have gone through that take pretty much the year they come back to kind of get ramped up, get their feet underneath them again. And then the following year is when they, they really start to pay dividends for them. But Chris Sale, as soon as he came back, was on it. I mean, he was, he was up and ready and, uh, he lived up to the task getting through Tommy John surgery. And then come up and be in, uh, an, an immediate impact pitcher right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about Giants, Dodgers. Uh, a, a, a game last night that we saw Evan Longoria's homer was it. Max Scherzer, pretty good performance uh, again from Scherzer. Ends up on the on the losing end of this one. Uh, could be Scherzer's yeah. last time that we see him in this postseason, which is crazy to think of, Steve. Because remember when they went and got him and Trey Turner from Washington, people were just saying, "Hey, this is the stamp of approval." Uh, you know, Scherzer's going to be the reason why this team goes all the way to the World Series and, and could be the favorite to win the World Series. And now the Dodgers, one game away from being eliminated. Yeah, and it wasn't because of Max Scherzer, that's for sure. Yep. He, um, you know, he he pitched really well last night. It took maybe a couple innings for him to uh, to get his feet uh, set, but he did, and he was uh, he was outstanding yesterday. I mean, he, uh, he gave up what three hits, I think, and the whole time he was out there. And one of those was the home run by by Longoria. Uh, Dodgers could have on a regular night uh, without the win, Howland, and I know it's the same for both teams. But Dodgers could have scored five, six runs if they if they hadn't had uh, you know the ball knocked down uh, by the wind. But uh, you know, hey, you can't make excuses. It sounds bad, and I'm not. I'm just stating it like it is. Some days um, the luck's with you, and some days it's not. If the Dodgers come out and hit the ball, uh, you know, like they did last night tonight, they'll probably win that game. So you, tonight they'll send Walker Bueller to the mound. His last two outings against the Giants, he has not fared well at all. I mean, I believe he's given up nine runs in the last two outings. Then you got to go back to early on the season where he was pretty dominant against the Giants. Is it a matchup thing, or are we seeing something with Bueller here that uh, is a little bit off? Well, no, I don't think so. The Giants gave everybody fits. They, they won more games than anybody during the season. Um, and, you know, it's hard to explain because the, the, the team, when you look at the personnel, 
is a good team, but it, uh, you, you wonder how they got through the season with that many victories. Um, we'll see what happens tonight. Walker Buehler probably aiming to go about three innings, I would say, and then hand it over to the bullpen. Um, he is on short rest, and he's on three days rest. So this is a bullpen game for him, so I look for him to go. If they can get three solid innings out of him, I think they'll take it. Do you hear what we're talking about, Steve? We're talking about one of the one of the best pitchers in baseball, a starting pitcher that, oh, well, they're looking to get three innings out of him. This sounds insane yeah. here. And I know, again, yeah. we, we talk about this stuff. It's just it's uh, it's insane, the, the Kevin Cash theory or the Joe Madden theory or whatever you want to call it. I, I, don't, I don't like this theory, Steve. Let's get rid of it. I, you know what? I can't stand it either, but that's <laughs> the world we live in. And, you know, everything's on a pitch count. Um, and, you know, in the old days, uh, he'd look to go the whole nine. So what if he only has three days rest? But, you know, that's the way it is today. This is a different type of an atmosphere that we're playing in. Um, and, you know, you do have some, uh, some really good pitchers in that bullpen. Um, you know, bullpens today are very, very important. Each guy uh, has a role, and it's not like it was, you know, even before I played. Before I played, the bullpen guys were just somebody to mop up. Right. Nowadays, the bullpens are real weapons today. And, uh, you know, you might as well utilize them because they're there. What is it with the Giants? You mentioned this team, 106 wins, most wins in baseball. They keep getting the job done and, and really not with an all-star cast. I mean, Evan Longoria is, is the hero. Again, this guy often injured the past couple seasons. Really, not even – he's kind of an afterthought. I mean, this guy wasn't even a yeah. starter for, for a good portion of, of the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about this Giants team that makes them look so good, at least in the win-loss column? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, TC, it's like you're playing a ghost. And I've said that a few times on – different uh, networks. I've said it on the MLB network. Uh, you can't figure it out. I mean, everybody on their team, while they're, you know, good players, some guys are, you think, past their prime. Uh, here's Brandon Crawford getting a few two-year deal because of the way he played today. Um, you know, but they're all having career years. Buster Posey's doing the bat better than I've ever seen him. They've got young guys on the team that are just trying up, uh, coming up trying to make a, a, a place for themselves, like Steven Duggar and uh, Donovan Solano and they're all killing it. I mean, it's just like you can't explain it. Um, I've said, too, that this is the same uh, team where they could go out next year and finish fourth in the division. It's not a knock on the Giants, but, man, if you look at it and, and, and you know, being practical about it, uh, you know, they got guys uh, that, that are just playing at the top of their games. Every one of them are doing that, and that, that just never happens. If there's a weakness with this Giants team, what is it? Uh, you know, Maybe, uh, maybe if you want to talk about team speed, you know, it isn't, it isn't a team that can rip up the base pass. They're not, the Giants aren't a very athletic team. They're not real athletic. Um, but they still have really good players. Like if you, uh, if you match in the athleticism up between them and the Dodgers, it's not even close. I mean, the Dodgers are much better athletically than the Giants, but you know, you got guys like Brandon Crawford that have a, you know, a leaping ability of about, uh, two credit cards. And yet, um, <laughs> He gets up uh, yesterday and gets up there and robs a hit from Mookie Betts that would have changed the game. Um, you got guys running down balls in the outfield that don't have tremendous closing speed. Um, and, you know, they, they, it's just uh, I think that's one place you can say, but, you know, they still win games. 
you know, you mentioned the win last night at Dodger Stadium, which seemed very weird to see, you know, Shearer's pants blowing. And then, like you said, yeah. uh, the ball getting uh, hung up there in the outfield. And we're used to seeing that at night games at Dodger Stadium. But is there such a thing, Steve Sachs? We've heard of win-aided home runs. How about win-aided uh, uh, jumping ability by Brandon Crawford? You know, <laughs> only getting over the two credit cards. I mean, come on. I mean, how did he get that ball last yeah. night? It had to be win-aided. Uh-huh. I- I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I mean, it's uh, it's about as uh, it's about as Im- improbable as, as a quake uh, going on a breakfast uh, binge and not getting any weight. I mean, you know, I, I just I just don't get it. You know. <laughs> and there it is, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you know you know we got to mention the quake. You know, I, I was just gonna say, there it is. The streak is alive. We talk about the hitting streaks. They hear the Steve Sachs quake attack streak continues on the program. <laughs> well done, my friend. Well placed. You know that was like a senile single that you hit at the at the end of your bat that went about yeah. ninety-seven feet down the right field line, and 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 your wheels got to second on it, my friend. Quake yeah. would never get out of well, the box. You know, it's it's always a lot funner when you can. Uh, you, you know, you can bring about the quake. You know what I mean? Uh, or should I say, expand on the quake? You know? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, too funny! Great stuff, man. Yeah. The one and yeah. only Steve Sachs. Uh, hey, uh, go did ahead. You download your Sachs in the morning yet? Uh, yeah, I downloaded uh, my Sachs in the morning. Yes, I, I I rolled over this morning, but I haven't had a chance to. Uh, uh, to hit the button uh, to play it yet. So do tell okay. uh, tell us all what we've missed so far. Well, today uh, today's uh, we call they're called shorts because they're motivational shorts. Right. And today is one about making lists, and it's real it's really uh, important to make lists uh, in your life when you're talking about yearly, quarterly, monthly, even down to the daily stuff. I do that all the time. It's, it's a good message today, so I think you're going to like it. All right. And uh, our next uh, long form uh, programming uh, uh, interview. That will be, I think, uh, next Thursday, a week from uh, right. tomorrow, uh, and that's going to be uh, the, the jo- Johan Jahali, who is the head guy for Sarsen Funds. Sarsen Funds is the leading cryptocurrency manager in the country, and he's going to tell you about cryptocurrency, and that's uh, an important thing. <laughs> there you go. I thought you, you were going to go with the, the head head's groundskeeper, uh, you know, somewhere maybe over at the Dodger Stadium or something. We need a groundskeeper on there. Can we get that? Yeah. Well, remember the byline for the uh, for the podcast is sports, right? Money, yeah. and life. And yeah. So it covers all three of those. And now, if you want to you want to talk about groundskeepers, <laughs> I guess we can do some groundskeepers. You know, why don't why don't we do this? Why don't why don't we uh, why don't we check the expression on the owner of a restaurant that is having an all you can eat buffet when the quake walks in the door? Now that would encompass that would encompass everything you mentioned because money would be involved there, right? 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 Yes. I can't stop laughing. Success? Success is there on the quake's end? Sports, money, and life. Yes, right. Absolutely. And life, or maybe if he eats too much of that buffet, it could be the end of life. Could be we might talk about we might talk about caskets, you know. Handle the truth. <laughs> I do not think that this okay would be on would be on MLB Network Radio right now. That's it. <laughs> for you. <laughs> We're not going to do this on MLB Network Radio. I'll get fired. <laughs> and this is why he loves coming on with us all the time. There it is. It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Sorry. I don't, I don't I'll think talk I, to you guys later. The, 
He's going to cut us off like that. Okay, Steve, whatever, whatever you're in. Awesome, brother. Awesome. <laughs> See you guys later, man. Take, See take, you next week. Take care, brother. There he is, Steve Sachs. <laughs> and we'll send him out on that. You know, Dusty always says hitting is contagious, right? Laughing is contagious. No doubt about that. It's Steve Sachs coming strong with uh, the Quake, our former oh, producer. There it is. See, I don't know if I've ever – I created a monster there. You know, literally. I mean, just wonder if I if I should have ever introduced those guys. And the moment that I told Saxy that Quake, uh, it is a, uh, I don't want to say advanced weight or whatever, was was wearing the old Steve Sachs jersey. What? You know? But remember, Quake, he went, I got a Mookie Betts jersey when the Dodgers got Betts. And so he was he was living out that number 50 there. Looked a little bit better, 5-0, than the number 3. So... But uh, our good friend Steve Sachs has just, he latched onto the quake. He was very sad that the quake uh, had, had left us. So he's uh, got to continue to to keep the quake's uh, memory alive. There it is. Numbchuck, are you jealous that, that, that Sachs doesn't go at you like the quake? <laughs> you're, you're lucky, man. You're lucky. There it is. And it only took him, I think, about three months before he actually realized that you weren't the quake, you know, when you get him on the show. So good stuff. All right, Steve Sachs joining us. All right, update in Chicago. The Astros now lead the White Sox 7-1. to one, And all of those fans over there at Comiskey Park wearing their black and the white. They haven't shown up since 2005 since Ozzie Guillen was there, huh? Yeah, yeah, my guy Jerry Manuel. There you go, Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer managing that team. How about that? But uh, I've never seen this stadium packed like that before. Oh yeah, let's throw that in there too, as we have a little Eric Clapton today. You heard the comments by the White Sox reliever, alright? It's hard to say day before yesterday, after game three, that oh, I think the Astros are stealing signs again. That's what that's what he had to say, yeah. And uh, why would you go there with that? Okay? And, if, and of course... We are talking about the White Sox reliever who made those uh, those comments. Okay, Ryan Tapera tried to say the Astros are stealing signs uh, over at, uh, especially at Minute Maid Park. Well, Dusty Baker addressed that yesterday. Um, well, um, well, some heavy accusations, you know. Um, I mean, we're about the same runs, OPS, and everything as we are, well, actually better on the road than we are at home. And uh, so uh, then I I think they're actually better at home than they are, you know, on the road. And so um, no, I don't have much, you know, response to that other than I was listening to Eric Clapton this morning, and, uh, and he had a song... Um, you know, before you accuse me, you need to take a look at yourself. You know what I mean? So that's all I got to say. <laughs> there it is, Dusty. A little Eric Clapton reference. Solid. I texted him after that. I said, beautiful Eric Clapton reference. I said, there you go. I said, bounce these fools out of here. And he goes, will do. And that's what they're doing right now. Seven to one. Eric Clapton taking us out for hour number one. Bob Arum, the Hall of Fame promoter. Again, a great night Saturday night T-Mobile Arena with 
Fury defeating Wilder. We'll talk to him about that. Also, Porter Crawford coming up. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a terrible Tuesday.